ladies and gentlemen, it is Open Line Friday. So call in, Max, tell him what's on your mind, and enjoy the Conservative Daily Podcast. Welcome back. Second hour of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Again, our number, 888-441-1121. Going to be talking a lot about Joe Biden, his complete abysmal record this past week. More like strange misinformation and ridiculousness coming out of the Biden administration and how the media is actually starting to take them to task. But before we do, we have Kenny, a regular commenter on DLive on the line. And Kenny was was out a bit fighting back against COVID and we're happy to have him now back. So uh, Kenny, welcome to the show. And thanks for having me, Max. So, so I know lots of people, I always see you on DLive in the comment section. How are you doing? Oh man, just glad to be back to the show. I've, uh, two weeks ago, uh, started having COVID symptoms, uh, went and got tested and I, uh, ended up getting put on medication and, uh, I spent about a week trying to get over it before I ended up having to go to the hospital cause my oxygen was dropping down into the eighties. And I, uh, I went in, and of course, first thing they tried to do was get me to take remdesivir, uh, which I told them I wouldn't take because uh, the uh, aborted uh, fetus uh, stem cells being used to make it. And of course, you know they they questioned that, and I told them that was my religious beliefs, and that that's all I needed to let them know. And so they backed off at that point. But it uh, one thing I noticed and heard a lot from the nurses in the hospital that, of course, the media is not going to tell you is that. Over half the people that are in the hospital right now, where I was with COVID, all were fully vaccinated. So yeah, I thought that was that, kind that, of that, that's something that we are hearing from different areas of the country. Lots of people who are fully vaccinated still going to the hospital. Um, so, but you're you're doing you're doing better now. You're out of the hospital. Um, it, it sounds yeah, like you're, you're still night. in recovery. I got out last night. Well, well, yeah. welcome back. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I got out last night, uh, actually this morning ended up dropping my wife off at the hospital, uh, with the same issue. So, oh, no. um, I, uh, I'm on oxygen and going to be out of work for probably at least another two weeks, but I, uh, you know, slowly recovering. My voice is paying for it right now. Cause all the, between the coffin and oxygen and everything, I'm yeah, yeah. Kind of like a real horse. But, well, that's okay. Well, well, listen, listen, we're, we're all praying for you. And I know everyone, whether they're on DLive or anywhere else, they're listening or watching, I know they're going to be praying for you too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're, you're doing better. And I, I hope your wife gets better as well. Ha, have you been able to, to follow anything of what's happening in the past week at all with, with, with politics or are uh, you just getting into it now? Uh, I've been following it somewhat. I, uh, you know, it was kind of, in between doctors coming in and trying to get rest and everything, I've I've caught some here and there. And of course, uh, we have a little group that you know we we talk back and forth. A bunch of us, yeah. So, you know, I've kept up with them and they've kept me up to date on stuff. And then following you know the show and Facebook and on uh, Telegram and uh, Signal. So, well, this is this is a hell of a time to uh, to step away. But we're glad that you're you're feeling better. Um, frankly, part of me wishes that I could have turned off the last week and not watched the complete <laughs> collapse of Afghanistan because this has just been complete stress, um, nonstop stress. But we're, I, again, I'm, I'm really glad that you're, that you're on, you're recovering. I wish your wife nothing but the best. And I know that everyone in the comment section, all the people listening are, are really, are really praying for you too. So, uh, I don't want, I don't yeah. want to keep you too long because I know I, I can hear your voice starting to go a little bit but uh, I'll, I'll give you one final word before before we let you go um just i want to say uh yeah laying there in bed of course i did see the airplane taking off from the uh airport there and everybody trying to hang on which is you know pretty crazy to me that you know we're one of the worst countries in the world supposedly uh for everybody yet everybody's trying to leave to come here so uh I just tell everybody stay strong, stay healthy, and uh, you know, fight the good fight. So, well, I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Kenny. Get some rest, get better, and uh, and, and welcome back. All right. Thank you, bud.
Thank you. That was a long time uh, viewer, listener, Kenny from the DLive comment section. Um, I know everyone, again, we're all praying for him and hoping that he and his wife make full, full recoveries. Again, our number 888-441-1121. If you want to call in, uh, we got lots of clips to play. So if there's not going to be callers, I got 20 different clips. We can go through them, but I also want to hear from all of you because um, a lot's happened this week. And this is kind of weird. We, we Every episode this week was about one topic. And every episode just gets worse and worse and worse. And it, it's demoralizing because I'm no I'm no savant when it comes to this. I mean, I'm the things I'm saying aren't entirely unique. There are other people saying the same exact things, right? I, I like to think that we put on a pretty good show and present them well. But I'm not the only person recognizing the mistakes. And to see Biden continuing to go down the same path and to say out loud, we couldn't have done it any better. And this is the best you're going to get. And we're proud of it. I say it over and over again. And people in the comment section are like, oh, you're not really, you're really that stunned. I, I am a little bit stunned because, <laughs> I mean, th that's that's the sign of a good leader, though. Understanding when you make a mistake and, and correcting it. Not all that surprising, I guess, that Joe Biden is staying the course of failed policy. So again, 888-441-1121 is our number. So let's get through some of these clips because there's a few CNN clips that I really want to play because uh, they're, they're speaking the truth. For at least this week, CNN has ceased to be fake news. They're actually some of the most honest people out there, some of the reporters, their, their takes on it. They still have the, the Biden supporters they still have the hard left democrats who are are trying to promote this and say that this was a good job but a lot of stunning moments of honesty on cnn here is a live report from cnn about the chaotic scene at the airport and how there really isn't any evacuation going on let's play cut number one during the last eight hours the time that we've been waiting here we have not seen a single u.s flight evacuate people we saw one U.S. flight take off about half an hour to an hour ago, but it was filled with U.S. servicemen and women. The people who have been sitting on the tarmac for the last 10 hours have not been able to get on a flight, which means, Kate, because we did the whole, whole sort of process today, that all the other bottlenecks are now even more choked. Because if the flights aren't moving and the people aren't moving, and they can't bring in more people. And so what's emerging quite clearly here is, uh, you know, it, 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 it's a chaotic scene. Eight-hour period of not a single U.S. flight leaving Afghanistan. And then she mentioned that the flight that did just take off was filled with U.S. servicemen and women. Now, listen, you got to get everyone out. But at a time when you need all of the boots on the ground you can get, I get it if it's not their primary mission. I understand that. But it seems a little backwards for the servicemen and women to be evacuated first before the civilians. See, again, it's very, very backwards. But that's, that's how Biden rolls. Next clip from CNN actually admitting that this is a complete failure. Not only a failure on the ground, but a failure to protect our allies and a failure to plan. Let's play cut number two. These kids behind me sleeping on the gravel on a piece of cardboard box are the lucky ones because there are many others, thousands of them, just outside the front perimeter, which I saw with my own eyes, with Taliban fighters beating them, with mothers throwing their babies, trying to get them inside the airport compound. It is just a picture of desperation of failure as well. Failure to protect our allies. Failure to plan for this eventuality. And I think everybody here understands that no one could have predicted how quickly things would unravel. But still, talking to the people all day as we have, there's a lot of heartache too. And there's a lot of bitterness that every eventuality wasn't planned for. That evacuations didn't begin earlier. And so, you know, I guess maybe now's not the time for finger pointing and the blame game. And, you know, it's always easy to do Monday morning quarterbacking. But uh, 
certainly seeing these scenes, seeing this heartache, seeing this desperation and seeing this chaos, you have to ask yourself, surely there was a better way. Surely there was a better way. Surely there was a better way. And this is a quick flashback. The Biden administration promised a better way. They promised that the evacuation, if it had to happen, would be safe, orderly, and effective. Let's play a quick clip of this. Cut number three. That said, the review is ongoing. The president hasn't made a decision one way or the other uh, about force levels in Afghanistan or missions in Afghanistan. And as the secretary himself said when we were in Kabul just a couple of weeks ago, that he's confident that whatever the decision is, if that decision involves a withdrawal, that General Miller and General McKenzie will be able to do so in a safe, orderly, and effective way. Safe, orderly, and effective way, as we're going to talk about in the rest of the show. It is none of that. None of that whatsoever. But we do have another caller on the line. We have Anna. And Anna wants to talk about the Americans who are stranded now behind the Taliban lines. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi. Well, my question is, how do we, the citizens of the United States, that are tired of sitting here and watching this awful tragedy, how do we make a difference? How do we tell the Biden administration, no way, hell no, we're going to take over and we're going to get our people out, or how do we contact Trump? But something has to be done. We can't just sit back yeah. and keep watching the news and keep wringing our hands. What do we do? It, it's I don't have an answer. I, I, I and I know Joe w- would say something along the lines of we tear them out of office. Um, I, I how do we help the Americans well, behind lines? <laughs> I know how we help the Americans stuck behind the Taliban lines. I don't have an answer. I mean, if this if we were in the UK and, and this was Dunkirk, we would have an answer. We could hop on our own boats and go get them ourselves, right? That's what the that's what the right, British right. people did. Afghanistan's a world away. I don't have an answer, and I, I wish I did. And that, and that's what's so heartbreaking about all of this is that the people who actually have yeah. the capacity to do it are not doing it, right? So the easy answer is you you remove all of these clowns. Not just the ones who are elected, yeah. but the ones who are appointed, right? The ones who are appointed as well, because yeah. there's there's never any consequence for people in the Pentagon losing wars. They just get to keep going. Exactly. So, oh no, we'll get them next time. Well, no, you exactly. shouldn't get them next time. You should be gone. So I, I don't have a short-term answer. I mean, the long-term answers are pretty obvious. Everyone with their fingerprints yeah. on this needs to be removed from any position of power whatsoever. But short-term, it, it is complete helplessness. Yeah. And it might be the time for we, the people, to rise up and, I don't know if we can say this on air, but take over our country and say, no, we've had enough of the Biden administration. We are declaring, whatever the term is, our sovereignty as constitutional Americans or whatever the term is and say, no, we've had enough. This is the breaking point. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've talked to a lot of people and I hear the same, this, this same conversation more and more than I ever have that every week, more of my friends, more people that I've talked to try and get information. They're all telling me the same thing that the breaking point, we've already passed it. This is it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know when that happens. I don't know where that happens, but <laughs> You, you you don't this isn't sustainable it's not it's not no, sustainable in any way shape all. or form and, and and i'm we're we're trying to sh- just make sure everyone understands just how colossal of a mess up this yeah. is um yeah. anna what do you what do you well, what do you do for a living if you don't mind me asking. well i'm retired from the sheriff's office um okay my growing up my former husband we were air force my son and son-in-law were marines so we're very patriotic proud family proud americans well i'll tell you um i don't want to classify you as a housewife because it sounds like you've had a you've had a very storied career but the the diversity of who i'm hearing from that it's time to take back the country hearing from grandmothers hearing from housewives Right. Hearing from teenagers, um, 
retirees. That's awesome hearing from teenagers. Yeah. I I mean, the the true diversity of this, that it's not just, it's Mm -hmm. not just the the grunts, right. Who are, who are, who want to get some or whatever that, 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 uh, that narrative would be. It is truly a diverse uh, group of Americans. And listen, as that spreads, it's going to, it's no, I don't want revolution. I don't want to fight in a war. No one really does. We all hope that it doesn't come to it, but I'll tell you what, what's becoming more and more obvious is that we are closer to that point probably than any other moment in history with the exception of the lead up to the civil war. And now is the time to prepare. So if there was any advice, if there was any advice, it would be to prepare. Yeah, I certainly will. I certainly will. Well, thank you so much for the call. I'm sure Joe will too. Thank you. Oh, he definitely will. He definitely will. Thank you for the call, Anna. Uh, I, I guess that would be a takeaway. Prepare, prepare, not not telling you to go and dig out your backyard and uh, and put in a bunker. Not talking about that, but stock up on water, stock up on food, um, buy your precious metals. Not your, I mean, yeah, sure, gold and silver, that's great, but I call precious metals lead and brass with a little bit of gunpowder in between. Um, stock up on that. If you haven't already purchased a gun and you've been saying you want to learn how to shoot a gun, you want to buy a gun. Now's the time. I mean, the time was actually a long time ago, but there is no time like the present. Uh, purchase a gun, purchase ammunition, buy training. Don't just buy it and then say you'll teach yourself. Get trained, take courses. Um, because not only is it, Second Amendment's absolutely a right, absolutely a right, but it's your responsibility to make sure you understand how to use that firearm in a way that won't hurt yourself or others. So definitely get training. Um, and, and if you're going to buy a gun, you've never bought one, Buy it from a gun store that lets you try it out first. So lots of gun stores have ranges where you can actually rent the guns. They don't have; they don't always have every gun, but a lot of them will let you rent guns. Some will let you try before you buy. Um, I highly recommend that. And uh, if if there's that friend or family member in your life who's been itching you to get a gun, pick up the phone and, and call him and or her and ask for them to bring you there um, and uh, <laughs> and and try some out. Because listen. If this gets, as Joe says, kinetic, um, God help us. But uh, as I said, we are closer than any point probably since the Civil War to that happening. So prepare. Prepare. What's been – I keep using this word. What's been stunning over the past week has been just how inept the United States government is, just how incapable they are of even keeping track of how many Americans are in Afghanistan. And listen, I get it. You only you only get you only have the best data that that you have, right? So if an American doesn't say, "Hey, I'm living in Afghanistan," conceivably, they wouldn't know that they're there. Problem is, as I said yesterday, it is not possible for an American to buy a flight into Afghanistan without the federal government knowing about it. Just like it's not possible to do the same in Syria or Iraq or any other country where you have a high probability of people going there to take up arms against the United States. They know every person that flies from the United States to Afghanistan. So they have a rough count, whether it's completely accurate or not, anyone's guess, but they have a rough count. The problem is that the US military, <laughs> US military, State Department, White House, all these people refuse to even give the rough count and claim they don't know. So let's go through these kind of rapid fire. This is cut for, this is the White House saying they don't know how many U.S. citizens are stuck in Afghanistan. Cut four. Kate, how many Americans still in Afghanistan? Do you guys have a number? Uh, You know, we don't have a precise number, and there's a reason for that. It's because uh, the number of people of Americans in Afghanistan uh, includes people who may have left the country, who uh, may have left over the course of the last six months. So what we're doing is working to identify uh, how many Americans are there? Um, as of a few weeks ago, we had already we had begun reaching out to all American citizens who are in Afghanistan uh, via email, via text, via messaging app, okay. uh, to hear from them uh, and to understand understand their plans and work with them to get them out if they want to get out. And so that is a massive logistical operation. That's sure. Underway. Okay, but I just want to be okay. We don't know the number, so I just I do I, I have limited time with you. <laughs> if they want to get out, I'm sorry. They're, they're talking about this like they're Americans who are welcoming Taliban rule. <sighs> what? Come on. Come on. Well, that was the White House 
Here's the National Security Advisor admitting they have no idea how many Americans are in Afghanistan. Cut number five. Exactly how many Americans are left behind in Afghanistan? Well, Nora, the U.S. government doesn't actually know the precise answer to that question. Number six, this is the State Department saying they don't know how many Americans are in Afghanistan. Cut six. Just one final thing. Um, how many more Americans left in Afghanistan? This was raised in Pentagon and they, they referred to, them to the state. Well, we have been consistent uh, in... Um, uh, in, in in explaining that in 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 in, in every country, uh, Americans register with the embassy, so it's a voluntary it's a voluntary thing. Clearly, but you understand this is a question that also defines the length of this. It mission. does. It does. Uh, and the president has been very clear uh, that we are going to do uh, as much as we can for as long as we can, and our first priority uh, is the safe repatriation of. Uh, the American people. So what we did overnight was to send uh, a message uh, to all American citizens who had expressed an interest uh, in repatriation. Oh my God. Uh, we have already more propaganda. Listening to that, uh, Josh turned the volume up a little bit and I heard something that I didn't hear when I originally was, was collecting the clip. He said, he said something along the lines of, we have been consistent in this. And someone in the peanut gallery chimed in and said in not answering the question i want to play it again and listen it's it's very subtle it's very hard to hear miss producer make sure that the volume is turned up again but let's play that clip again and listen for after he says we've been very consistent and listen for the male reporter who says yeah and not answering any questions let's play that clip one more time one final thing. Um, how many more Americans left in Afghanistan? This was raised in Pentagon and they, they referred to, uh, them to the state. Well, we have been consistent uh, in, um, uh, uh, in, in, in explaining that. In <laughs> we have been consistent in, uh, 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 in not answering. Yeah, they have been consistent in not answering the question. Here's the other amazing part. So they don't know how many Americans are there. They also don't know how many Americans have already been rescued. Jump ahead, cut seven. How many Afghans, SIVs, P1, P2, however they're being um, you know, uh, considered, have been evacuated since August 14th? I know we have the 7,000 number in total for people, but how many Afghans are in that group? Well, the 7,000 figure, uh, at this point, I'm not in a position to break that down much further. Um, uh, as you know, it consists of American citizens. Uh, it consists of uh, our locally employed staff um, uh, who are Afghans. Uh, it, it consists of third country nationals, as we have worked very closely with our partners on the ground uh, to help bring some of their uh, nationals to safety uh, and, and vulnerable Afghans. Uh, so right now, I'm not in a position to break that down uh, further. Can you break down 6,000? Do not break have down the 6,000? So uh, obviously they're at the airport right now. Um, so this is uh, really data in real time that I just don't have access to. We just don't know. We just don't know. We can't tell you how many Americans we've saved. Can't tell you how many Afghans we've saved. They're just, uh, <laughs> they're just not, they don't know anything. They don't know anything. Don't know anything. The Pentagon has a number that they're putting out. They say that out of the 2,000 that they recently brought out, almost 300 were Americans. Let's jump ahead. We're going to play this. Cut number nine. Off. Uh, we are we are processing people as fast as we can uh, and getting them onto their onward stations. Uh, it's 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 a balance, and we're trying to strike that balance every single day. John, what proportion of the 2,000 are? American citizens versus SIVs, what proportion are women as well? I don't have a gender breakdown, uh, Jen. Um, of the 2,000 um, uh, over the last 24 hours, I, I think uh, nearly 300 of them were uh, Americans, and that includes legal permanent residents. It includes, uh, it includes obviously, American citizens as well as family members. Um, and that's going to – every day it's going to change. But I, I don't have a gender breakdown of what the manifests are on a daily basis. And does the U.S. government recognize the Taliban as the legitimate government of Afghanistan? <laughs> you look at his face trying to avoid that follow-up question. They don't know. They don't know how many Americans. They say 
nearly 300 out of 2,000. It's about, what, 15%? Below 15%? When you see a plane take off, off that runway, the takeaway is that less than 15% of that plane is made up of Americans. And that's what they say success is when you have thousands of Americans. Some say over 10,000. Some say upwards of 40,000 Americans stuck in Kabul and in surrounding areas of Afghanistan. But no, we're, we're, it's victory. The flights are taking off infrequently. In an eight-hour period, CNN admits they didn't see a single one take off. But when they do take off, don't worry. 85% are not Americans on board. That's victory. That's victory. Mr. Producer Josh just messaged me. He said they would brag if they had rescued a lot of Americans. Absolutely correct. If they had rescued a lot of Americans, that number would be out front. They wouldn't be pretending and lying and saying, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. They'd be bragging about it. But they're not bragging about it because it's not a good number. Just like we just heard, three, nearly 300 out of the most recent 2,000. Here's, a, here's another one of those moments from CNN. Calling the Biden administration to task and saying how pathetic it is that they don't even know the number. I want to play this. This is cut number eight. Missed it on the phone. What's the number? Cut eight. Sorry. Cut eight. You've been listening to Ned Price there, the spokesperson for the State Department, talk about where we are and the status of all of the people, the tens of thousands of people who are still trying to make it to that airport and get out of Afghanistan. Uh, let's bring back Nick Payton Walsh and Phil Mudd. We also want to bring in former CNN and NBC Kabul Bureau Chief Atia Abawi. Great to have you here. Um, Phil, I just want to start with you because it, it worries me, but I don't know if it worries you that Ned Price and no one can really give specific numbers. If they don't know the specific demographics mm -hmm. of who they're flying out of there, exactly how many Americans, exactly how many special immigrant visa Afghans, how do they know how many are left behind? How do they know when the mission is complete? Boy, um, you're a little more polite than I would be. That was unacceptable. I'm not interested in hearing a U.S. government spokesperson talk about how unprecedented this is with other U.S. presidents and how other presidents hadn't, didn't have to deal with this. I'm interested in understanding why we did only 2,000 people in 24 hours, how we increase that pace over the next 24 hours, what the total number it is, is that we want to get out and how long that's going to take. That was pathetic. Explaining how well you're doing in there when they're American citizens who can't get to the airport. That guy needs some training fast. That was horrible. Again, not sure how all these brutally honest people are sneaking onto the airwaves on CNN. But <laughs> I almost just clapped. And I'm the one who picked out that clip to play to you. And I was almost surprised again by how, <laughs> how brutally honest that was. And he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. Now is not the time for the Biden administration to play to play cover your ass politics. Now is the time to do the job. And if you're not going to do the job, step aside. If you're not going to do the job, step aside. Because we there's too much at stake. There's too much at stake for people who are incapable of doing the job being left in positions of power. There's just too much at stake. So no, if you're not going to do the job, step aside. If you're just going to do this lying, 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 just step aside. Here's another clip of the State Department spokesperson dismissing the number of Americans who are stuck and can't get to the airport. It says it's just a small handful. I'm going to jump ahead, Mr. Producer. This is cut number 12. Uh, that safe passage uh, should be guaranteed uh, for all of those uh, who wish to transit to the airport. Uh, that is something we have focused on. We have focused on it uh, in the Doha channel. Uh, we are focusing on it, and by we, I mean both state and the Department of Defense, uh, which now has a channel uh, with the Taliban on the ground in Afghanistan. Uh, and we have had uh, what I would characterize as uh, productive uh, conversations uh, about uh, the need, uh, the imperative of ensuring safe passage. Now, of course, uh, we're seeing some of the same uh, reports. Uh, when it comes to American citizens, uh, we have a relatively large cadre of 
consular officers on the ground in Kabul right now. They are in regular and constant contact with American citizens. I can tell you that they have received, uh, as of a couple hours ago, a small handful of reports uh, from American citizens who weren't able to reach the airport for whatever reason. What we do know is that 6,000 people are now at the airport. 6,000 people uh, have been able to make it, have uh, made it through uh, the processing. And as of a couple hours ago, we had received only a small handful of reports otherwise from American citizens. Humara. Only a small handful. Only a small handful. Well, here is one of those people among the small handful, an American teacher who called in to the news and explained how he can't get to the airport. But don't worry, it's just a small handful. They're doing a great job. They just can't get the small handful. And there's no other president could have gotten those small handfuls. They're just going to have to figure it out. Let's play this. This is cut number 10, the American teacher who's stuck behind the Taliban lines. We received this audio message from a trapped teacher, a U.S. permanent resident, who says even with the proper paperwork, he couldn't get through. For his safety, we're not naming him. It is insane. There are people holding their American passports. There are people that work with the Americans, uh, and uh, they're not letting anyone in. We are in huge danger, and we need help. And with tens of thousands of Americans and Afghans who've helped the U.S. desperate to get out. But it's just a handful. Remember, the Biden administration says just a handful. We're doing a great job. We're getting flights out. Only 2,000 in a 24-hour period, and there were no flights that left in an eight-hour period. But don't worry, 2,000. Among those, nearly 300 were Americans doing a great job. There's thousands of Americans, tens of thousands of Americans stuck in Afghanistan. But we got 300 out in a 24-hour period. Bang up job. It's just a handful of people that can't make it. We're not going to go out and get them. They're still going to have to figure out how they can make it. But it's just a handful. Just a handful. Here's ABC News admitting that even they're having a hard time jamming through the checkpoints. It's not possible to get through the Taliban checkpoints. Let's play cut number 11. Some planes departing with empty seats because people can't get through the checkpoints. The agony of not being able to get to the airport past Taliban-controlled checkpoints is the reality on the ground here. As we've witnessed firsthand in the last 24 hours. Uh, tell him we have permission. We have permission. Yes, ABC, ABC. Taliban fighters ignoring the accreditation issued by their own commanders. Gunfire erupting. Let's go. With weapons drawn, the Taliban forced us back to our cars. These guys can't read. One of the guys kind of draws his gun and uh, they're, they're angry, they're tense. Uh, gesturing to us to stop filming, to get out of there, and it's it's one of those terrible situations where you can see things can go badly wrong. We Even they can't get through the checkpoints. And did you hear that part that he said? There are empty seats on the planes. So not only are planes not taking off regularly, again, we heard it from CNN, in an eight-hour period, not a single plane took off. Not only are the planes not taking off, when they do, not only are the majority, vast majority, over 80% of the people on the plane, not only are they Afghans and not Americans, but there are empty seats on the planes. They're not even filling the seats. So the claim that, oh, we can't get Americans and we just need to get as many people as possible, that's a lie too. There are planes leaving with empty seats. Obviously not that one C-17 that was packed to the brim with people. That one notwithstanding. We're talking about the ones... The, the other ones with actual seats where people are sitting down. Empty seats. They're Americans stuck. Biden's not going to go get them. Nope. It's just a handful of people. They're Americans out, just outside the gates. Can't get through. And they're actually taking off with empty seats. If this doesn't piss you off, what, what will? If this doesn't piss you off, what will? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's anything worse than what we're seeing. It's, it's the abandonment of the American people. It's spitting, spitting in, the, in the face of every man and woman who sacrificed so much in Afghanistan, dishonoring the memories of the heroes who fell there. And this, according to Joe Biden, is the best they can do. The gold standard wouldn't have it any other way. If he had to go back in time, he'd do it the exact same way. And there wasn't any other way to do it because this was the best they could do. It feels so stupid saying that. 
But that's everything coming out of the Biden administration. Everything. If this is the best you can do, sit down, shut up. At least we don't have mean tweets. Remember when Donald Trump, remember when Soleimani attacked the U.S. Embassy? And when Donald Trump, he followed it up by turning him into pink mist, just evaporating him. Afterwards, Donald Trump tweeted out a picture, just a picture of an American flag. That was his response. They attacked the embassy. He destroyed the guy responsible. And he tweeted out just a picture of an American flag. I really could go for one of those tweets right about now. I really could go for some of those smart bombs right about now. And that's the other thing. The Taliban, we now know exactly where the Taliban is. They're not hiding in their caves. They're, they're sitting in office buildings and government palaces. We know exactly where they are. Now, yeah, that would be complete chaos. You can't do that until everyone's out. If everyone's out, then you probably could have dropped a couple bombs on the Taliban on the way out. But no, you can't, you can't do it now because they're Americans stuck behind the Taliban lines. So we, have the op- we had the opportunity to take them all out. Can't act on it. Can't act on it because Joe Biden withdrew the military before he withdrew the civilians. That's the best he can do. It's the best he can do. Here's another bit of John Kirby. He is the gift that keeps giving. Again, he was asked earlier um, about the Taliban, whether they're an enemy. Here he's asked flat out, are the Taliban an enemy? He won't answer. This is the spokesperson for the United States Pentagon will not even answer the question of whether the Taliban is an enemy. Let's play cut number 13. Does the U.S. military consider the Taliban an enemy? Uh, we are focused right now. Uh, the, the the thing we're 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 working against right now is is time and space, and we want to get as many people out of Kabul as we can uh, in as little amount of time as we can. There are no hostile interactions right now between American forces and the Taliban, and we want to keep it that way. Uh, so that's false. We heard reports that two Taliban were shot and killed by U.S. forces a couple of days ago. So that's false. He can't even his misdirect doesn't even contain the truth. Listen, I, this this is a different situation. If you go overseas, you know what you're getting into to a certain to a certain bit, but you never expect that the American government would leave you hanging like this. We happen to be sponsored by a company called Air Medicare Network, and it, it's been a, a crazy week for them to sponsor because if there's ever a time to invest in your own <laughs> security, right, invest in your own ability to get to a hospital to be medevac, this is the time to do it. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of apples and oranges, that's true. But if you're watching just how hard it is to get people out of Afghanistan, realize that while you might never find yourself there, you might find yourself in need of a medevac to a hospital here in the United States. It's not just people who get lost on a mountain or who have a, a hiking accident or a hunting accident. No, you'd be shocked at how many people need to be airlifted from the suburbs or even from cities when traffic is really bad. And it can cost a lot, upwards of 60 grand, just to be flown on a short helicopter trip from one town to another to the hospital. Well, Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't have to pay that 60 grand because when you become a member and it, and it starts at just $85, that gives you coverage for your entire household for one year. When you become a member, you won't have to pay one cent should you ever need to be airlifted as long as you're flown by an AMCM provider and they fly over 100,000 patients a year. As I said, it starts at $85 for one year for your household. It's less if you're a senior citizen, and it works out to be less per year if you buy three or five years at a time. And as a huge bonus, when you when you sign up using the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then you use promo code daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So we have another caller on the line. We have Jeanette. Jeanette has military sons and wants to talk about how what th- what their whole family is thinking going through given the news this week. Jeanette, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Max. So, so you, you have I military have sons. How, how many current... how many sons do you have? I do. Um, I have seven sons in total, but I have three <laughs> that are either active duty or one that was Air Force. So I have one Army currently and one that's currently Navy. Okay. Well, seven sons. Yeah. Congratulate. Congratulations. Yeah. My wife had two sons and she said, that's it. So you went for the full seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> kudos to you. Um, what are, what are your sons who are in the military saying about this? Because everything I'm hearing, it's, it's complete 
they're completely everyone I'm talking to, they're completely distraught. And I'm having to talk people they off are. the ledge. I, it, it's, it's awful. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, you know, I, I was hesitant to call because I felt like I was going to break down and cry again. It, it's, it's horrible. Um, my son, who's army, is in Kosovo right now, and he did a year tour in Afghanistan. He is a mess. Um, he was messaging me just saying, Mom, I, I, I don't know how to get through this. I, I can't handle it. Um, watching his friends die um, while he served there and now feeling like it's for nothing. It's, it's horrible. It is. It's, it's one of those things that, I mean, the same, the same thing was going on after Vietnam. The difference in Vietnam was the vets came back and they were being spit on. Right here, vets come back and, and we welcome them with open arms. But they experience something that if you don't serve, you will never experience, right? I mean, we can we can try and put ourselves in those shoes, but when you're called, and listen, they're not, they're called, but it's an all volunteer for, force. When you volunteer to serve your country and you're sent to a country halfway around the world that everyone says is pointless, but the government says, oh no, this is a strategic interest of the United States, and you and you give your blood, sweat, and tears, and you watch your your brothers and sisters die for that cause. To see it just so, so nonchalantly abandoned. I, oh I, yeah, I can't, well, I can't not, even it's even worse than abandoned, and it's worse than just being abandoned because not only did they abandon Americans there, they left all of our military gear. It, it's actually yeah. worse. They armed the people that yeah. literally killed other U.S. citizens, that killed soldiers who went over there to fight and defend the helpless people there. And they've armed them against the U.S. citizens who are left there, as well as yeah. the Iraqi citizens. It, it's, it's horrible, or at the Afghan citizens. Everything yeah. about it is just disgusting. I'm beyond livid about this whole situation, as if, you know, the fake president wasn't dangerous and devastating enough, watching him literally do damage to our own soldiers and to an entire nation. It's, yeah. it's just beyond despicable. I, I'm horrified. Yeah. If the whole, if <laughs> the whole, whole reason we were over there... Devastated watching this. I'm, de I'm devastated too. I mean, if the whole reason we're over there is to eliminate the Taliban's ability to harbor terrorism, to har harbor terrorists that seek to attack us on our homeland. That's what we've always been told. How, where the hell do right, they get off we just armed with them. giving them Black Hawk helicopters? Yeah, yeah, we just armed them instead. Drones. It's, it's ridiculous. It's absurd. We've seen reports, we've seen reports, yeah. com conflicting reports between whether or not the Taliban has stealth helicopters or just Black Hawks right, that have been upgraded to be more stealthy or upgraded to be more stealthy so they have a lower cross section right either way none of it's good so i mean it, it's like we're in a worse position now girls in afghanistan will be in a worse position women will be in a worse position christians are in a worse position than they were 20 years ago um it, yeah. it, they gave everything away everything away all of the all of the gains what little gains we had they've given it all away yep they gave it all away and armed them even further I, it's it's just absurd how in the world Biden is still sitting in the office that he should have never been in to begin with is just beyond me. And we do have other military friends that are literally getting out when that's moving here with us in October um, because he's had enough and he won't take the mandatory jab. Um, so he's done. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see. They're driving a lot of very patriotic people out of the, out of the armed forces and I just keep reminding other citizens that then the only great thing about that is that those people still have the exact same training they had when they were in the military yeah, yeah. and they're on our yeah. side. So yeah. they should probably bear that in mind yeah. um, going the, forward the, because the there are side, a lot though, of really pissed off patriots. The, the flip side, though, is that they're replacing them with liberals. They're replacing them with liberals, with, yeah. with people who believe in, in, in uh, non-binary like transgender movement. Right. That, that's what they're trying to push this on. If if the oh, if yeah. the military spent half as much time pushing LGBT issues or transgender issues or wokeness, if they spent half as much time as they spent pushing wokeness on the withdrawal, we wouldn't be in this situation. We wouldn't. We're in this situation because they they prioritize the wrong thing. 
think I lost you. Oh no, no, you're back. You're back. Oh, you're back. I can hear you. I'm back. Yeah, now I can hear you. I couldn't hear you last tirade, but yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to call in and say how devastating it is and how angry a lot of us are. That that really about sums it up. Our family is really mad, really, really mad. So 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 I appreciate what you and you are doing. So, but before I before I leave before I let you go, um, one last bit about about your sons. Um, they're gonna need all of the love and support that they can get. And other vets are going to um, as well. Um, so I, I know you're already talking with them. I know you're probably talking with others. Um, I just I want to wish you the best of luck because it's it, it's hard. Um, I, I don't have any military. Yeah. In, I mean, I have uncles that served, uh, but we're kind of estranged. But uh, just as I'm almost tearing up hearing you recount the stories, I can't imagine the weight that would be on your shoulders trying to convince them that it's okay, that everything's going to be okay. So I, I just want to, right. I, I and, and it's hard because and, I don't know that it's going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's we not don't, we anything don't. about it is yeah. okay. You can't even lie yeah. and say, Oh, it's going to be fine. It's not. Yeah. It's fine. yeah. And it's not going to be and, fine. And that's what makes so, it so hard. It, yeah. You can't find the silver lining in this. So I, I just want to, no. I just want to applaud you and I, I want to wish you the best. And I wish your son's the best. And uh, and we will get through this. It's just <laughs> oh, we will. It's it's it's, it's going to be a dark gonna path. It's going to be ugly to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah. it is. So, um, well, yeah. I love all well, of thank- our people on D Live. So I'm a D Liver on there, and oh, um, well. yeah, <laughs> well, we, we definitely I'm, we definitely appreciate just, you. Just 1776. So we we <laughs> love you guys and good to good to touch everybody. So all right, well, take care and uh, hope everybody. Right, well, thank you. Weekend. Thank you for your call. I really do appreciate it. You know, she's recounting that and I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting choked up because I mean, what do you say? What do you say to, to a veteran? I'm trying to have these conversations with people I know and I'm trying to explain to them that like it's going to get better, but they, they feel completely empty when you, when you hold your best friend in your arms as he dies on some foreign soil that you're, you're told by everyone this is strategically important, strategically important that the United States men and women die on this soil. Strategically important for, for the government to turn around and just abandon it, just walk away from it. Not just that, but walk away from the Americans that got left behind, the Afghan allies that got left behind, the translators that got left behind. I don't know. I don't know what the silver lining is. But it will get better. It will. It always seems to get better, or it's gonna, or it's gonna get a lot worse. <laughs> uh, let's just say it's gonna get better because it will. Eventually, things will get better because it's not sustainable. This is not sustainable in any way, shape, or form. But we're gonna need every vet. We're gonna need every single vet for the fight that's coming. Whether that fight be at the ballot box or, as Joe would say, kinetic. <laughs> and I don't want that. I don't wish it on anyone but we're going to need every single Patriot for this fight. It's, it's, it's so depressing. Well, here's a bit of brutal honesty from MSNBC. A bit of honesty that if Joe Biden is failing at this, what else will he fail at? I mean, this is, this is what we've all been talking about. He's incapable of doing the job, but now it is actually getting put onto MSNBC. Let's play cut number 17. Suggesting that that the United States reputation has suffered yet again, uh, uh, I'll just I'll use the word a catastrophic blow globally among our allies. What a change from June and that G7 meeting, right, Joe, when there was a kind of triumphant re-entry into the world by Joe Biden and he was welcomed with open arms at NATO, at the European Union, at the G7 in Cornwall. And they were all delighted to see Biden back and America back in the game. And what you're hearing totally publicly now from allies right across Europe, MPs in the UK, conservative MPs standing up in Parliament saying that they are ashamed that the US commander in chief is blamed. Afghans, some of whom they fought alongside, and not taking any blame for this himself. Um, really disparaging comments 
in public from other NATO allies about the U.S. performance here. And I think more broadly the concern is, and, and I've lived here for a long time, and to some extent I have always bought the argument that the U.S. intelligence community, uh, military performance, national security operation writ large, could do what it needed to do around the world, that it was effective, that it was powerful, that it was uh, competent. And I think for those of us who believe that the world is better off when America is strong and healthy and engaged, to see the level of incompetence that we saw in the very first stages of this operation was really worrying. Because if they got that so wrong, what else might they get wrong around the world? And those are the kinds of questions and conversations I'm having with diplomats, some of whom actually had already been questioning the national security team of this White House. I mean, earlier, uh, earlier on in the, in the Biden presidency, I was surprised to hear a couple of European ambassadors here in Washington say to me, you know, it's interesting, they all sound really smart and they've all got the right grades, as David says, but they don't listen to their allies. On an issue like Iran, for example, where one ambassador I spoke to has an awful lot of background on this, he says, I can't get them to engage at all. They're not interested at all in what allies have to say. And I kind of... It's all true. It's all true. And I can't believe, I can't believe that this is all being broadcast on CNN, MSNBC. I can't believe it. It's all true. Every ounce of it. What isn't true is the latest line from the Biden White House that Joe Biden doesn't shy away from questions. Did you see that? That was also on MSNBC um, this week. Let's play this clip. This is cut 18. Kate, before we let you go, will President Biden, after his remarks today, take questions? He's given a couple of speeches. He did the interview with ABC News. But the White House press corps and the American people have a lot of direct questions for him. Will he take those today? The president never shies away from taking questions. I'll let him make a decision if he's going to take questions this afternoon. But you saw he just did a full uh, sit-down interview on this just uh, just yesterday. So he is always willing to take questions, uh, and I'll let him decide if he's going to do that. He's always willing to take questions, but I'll let him decide whether he wants to. Well, that uh, that's not that's diametrically opposed. You can't be always willing to take questions and then say I'm not taking questions. So if he's always willing to take questions then the answer is yes, he'll take questions. Well, here is quite literally a couple clips of Joe Biden running away from questions. Let's play cut 19. Thank you. Always willing to take questions. Another angle of that same runaway, play cut 20. Always willing to take questions. Didn't you know that? That's willingness. That's Joe Biden's willingness to take questions. Now, he I reported this earlier, wearing the Hawaiian shirt in celebration of Joe Biden's vacation. Apparently, the vacation has been postponed. Some people are saying it's been canceled. Other people are saying it's been postponed. His vacation from a vacation back to uh, where Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where no, not Rehoboth Beach, just just Delaware, uh, wherever he was going. Um, that's that's a little delayed, so it's going to take him a while to get there. Maybe he'll go tomorrow. Maybe he'll go the next day. Not going today. That's the only thing he promised. Joe Biden's not going there today. But listen, Joe Biden shouldn't have the right to take Air Force One anywhere. I think what's the biggest takeaway, and I said this in the beginning. We all thought that Joe Biden, obviously, he's mentally incapable of doing the job. We all thought that other people would would coalesce around him, make the decisions, bad decisions, but that he wouldn't actually be the one calling the shots. The problem is when you get into a situation, a fluid and dynamic situation, as the Pentagon calls it, that requires presidential orders, it has to be him. He can't order – no one else can order troops into Afghanistan. No one else can order um, – evacuations it has to be it has to come from him and i think what history is going to show us is that the reason this was so bungled the reason that this was so ridiculously botched was because when it came time to issue the orders joe biden couldn't do it not that he wouldn't do it i think history will find that he couldn't do it 
We've heard lots of reports, including one I spoke about earlier in the first hour, that he went to bed early one night this week because he didn't. He was getting confused by the conflicting intelligence reports. Anyone who's ever dealt with intelligence knows that you get conflicting reports. It's a he said, he said, she said. Um, it's, it's signals intelligence, right? It's intercepted intelligence. It's human intelligence. Lots of different conflicting stories. And he went to bed early. Went to bed early. We know that when Boris Johnson was frantically trying to call him, couldn't get in touch with him. Started calling him Monday morning. Couldn't get Joe Biden on the phone until Tuesday night. What was Joe Biden doing from Monday morning to Tuesday night that was so important that he couldn't pick up the phone and talk to our closest ally? What was he doing? What was he doing? Had to have been important. Had to have been important. And the one picture that they did come out with of him sitting at the Situation Room, people are now saying it might be Photoshopped because the clocks on the wall were wrong. The clocks on the wall that said um, Moscow was three hours ahead of London. No, Moscow was two hours ahead of London. So now they're saying that might have been Photoshopped. So we wasn't even in that room. History will show that when he actually had to do the job, he didn't. Either because he didn't want to or because he couldn't. Or because maybe the people around him understood that Joe Biden is not in a position to be commander-in-chief. And that is what's truly disturbing. Yeah, I, I get it. His wife has propped him up. <laughs> Listen, shame on her for letting this man run the country. Shame on her for letting him run. Shame on Barack Obama. Barack Obama for understanding that Joe Biden couldn't do it, but still propping him up to run anyway. Shame on the Democrat Party for presenting Joe Biden as the savior of America, the only one who could do it. Joe Biden's not the only one who could do it. Not at all. And he, he can't do it. Shame on the Democrats. Shame on Democrat voters. Everyone who saw this understood his mental decline, understood the dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever it is, and pulled the lever for him anyway. Because they truly believe that this is better than Trump. Listen, for all of Trump's flaws, Trump would not be saying now that we could leave Americans behind. Trump would not be forcing American soldiers to hide in the airport when there are Americans right down the street who need to be evacuated. Trump would not have done that. The Taliban would not have entered Kabul if Donald Trump was president. They would have stayed outside. They probably never would have even launched their offensive because Trump would have picked them off from the road, from, from the sky when they're on the road. They knew better than to move in open terrain. No, this is, this is Joe Biden's doing. And shame on everyone who propped this man up, who voted for this man, who covered for this man, understand that he couldn't do the job. They truly believed that they could run out the clock. Joe Biden could go four, maybe two years, whatever you do, then Kamala Harris would take over, right? We just need him to be the puppet, the, the figurehead. Well, unfortunately, eventually the president actually has to make decisions, issue orders. And unfortunately for everyone now stuck behind enemy lines in Afghanistan, Joe Biden made some very terrible decisions, like abysmal decisions, played politics with their lives, continues to play politics with their safety and their, and their futures. Shame on everyone. Shame on everyone who has had any role in this man ascending to the presidency. And, and I'll say too, shame on the Republican Party. Where, where are the Republicans? There is, this is pure chaos. And th there are no Republicans stepping out there other than Trump doing that interview on Hannity. And we'll play a clip in a little bit of Ronnie Jackson um, on Fox this morning. Where are the Republicans? Where are the Republicans? Because if this happened, Donald Trump couldn't sneeze without every Democrat going on camera and, and saying he should be impeached over it. Where are the Republicans? Because they, they know what we know. They see what we see. They probably know a whole lot more. Where are they? How do they sleep at night? Knowing, knowing that they have the power to stop this. At least the power to fight back, but they choose not to do so. I'll tell you what, Marjorie Taylor Greene is not one of those Republicans. She is filing articles of impeachment today against Joe Biden. Filing them today. Amazing. Why is she doing it? Why did it take a week 
Not I mean, obviously no no not criticizing her, but why is she the only one doing it? Why isn't it coming from Kevin McCarthy? Why isn't it coming from anyone in leadership? We we're mentioning in the first hour Elise Stefanik. Why isn't she calling on Joe Biden to be impeached? Donald Trump, <laughs> this is true. Donald Trump complained about NFL players kneeling during the national anthem, and Democrats took to the floor of the House of Representatives and demanded his impeachment. That's tr- that's a true statement. He didn't. He said he didn't like the kneeling. They want him impeached over it. They said that was a high crime or misdemeanor. Where are the Republicans? Well, Marjorie Taylor Greene is, is stepping forward. You have people like Rick Scott in the Senate calling for Joe Biden to be removed. Ronnie Jackson, representative from, from Texas, former White House physician, saying that Biden should be removed. Let's play a little bit of that clip. We're not going to play the whole thing. It's five minutes long. But uh, this is cut 21. This is Ronnie Jackson. Um, demanding that Biden resign. Let's play cut 21. President Joe Biden will finally speak on Afghanistan today. And with Vice President Harris leaving D.C. for Vietnam, critics are wondering where have our leaders been? Here to react, Texas Congressman Dr. Ronnie Jackson. Congressman, thanks for being here. Why is the White Thank House you. response, both on the ground in Afghanistan and in the messaging here at home, been so atrocious? Well, Todd, we're looking horrible right now on the world stage. This is an absolute national embarrassment. And instead of being out in front of this and talking about what's going on and what went wrong and what the plan was and what we're going to do next, Biden's just been in hiding again, as he always has. And it's just it's totally inspired. It hasn't inspired any confidence in our allies. As a matter of fact, all of our allies are very upset with this as of today. You know, the Brits, the Germans, the, the French, they're very upset with us for pulling out. And we didn't really even give them any heads up. We put them in a bad position, too. They have people stuck in Afghanistan now that they're having to try to get out. So this is a horrible situation for this co- for this country. Biden once again has failed us. He's embarrassed us internationally. And, you know, honestly, it is time for him to leave. I've been saying this for a long time. I've been saying that he's not he's not cognitively prepared to be our president. And this is just another example of his failure. And I think a lot of this is related to his cognitive ability. But he's he's created a national security disaster for this country right now. And it's time for him to move on and somebody else needs to do this job. He is not fit to be our commander in chief. It's time for him to resign. Okay. But I mean, I don't think anybody thinks that he's going to. So absolutely spot on. So Ronnie Jackson saying everything he's say, but he's a freshman congressman. You know, he, he gets on Fox. He's able to speak, but freshman congressmen don't get to drive policy. Right. I mean, right now, Right now, Kevin McCarthy could file a privileged resolution. He could file it. He could file impeachment articles as a privileged resolution and force a vote on it. He could. The Democrats did it all the time. Even when they didn't hold the House of Representatives, they forced a vote. How is how is Kevin McCarthy not forced the vote by using his privileged resolution powers? He's the only one who can do it. Him and Pelosi, outside of a discharge petition. Where's the vote? Where's the vote? So Marjorie Taylor Greene had been suspended from Twitter last week um, for m- having some no-no comments about, about COVID. I believe she's back. And just in case you want, you were wondering whether she was going to curl up in a ball and, and, and not <laughs> keep fighting, this is the latest video from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ms. Bruce, let's play the one I sent you. Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of Joe Biden, you're not a president. You're a piece of All right. Uh, cut it before you have to censor anymore. <laughs> Mark the time. Mark the time. Three bleeps that need to be added. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to play it yesterday. I was like, ah, I don't know. But given everything that's going on. Yeah. So, all right. So, after the podcast, we're going to be sending out a fax blast supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene's uh, impeachment articles. It's time. And people say, oh, well, about Kamala Harris. That's not an excuse, right? That's not an excuse. When a president is mentally incapable of doing the job, he must be removed from office, period. Full stop. Kamala Harris will get to her next. But that, that cannot be a defense. Saying that, oh, the vice president will be worse, cannot be defense to allow this man to remain in office. Yeah, Real Zach saying impeach her too. Yeah, impeach her next. 
Go down the line. And how funny is it that they sent her to Vietnam? How funny is it that she's in Saigon while this is going in Afghanistan? I mean, it's not funny. It's a complete collapse. Just the irony of this all happening while she had a pre-scheduled trip to Saigon. The highest ranking U.S. official to visit Saigon since the fall of Saigon. Pretty ironic, if you ask me. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Again, keep your eye out. The Facts Plus is going to come out right after the podcast today. Um, Facts Plus supporting Marjorie Taylor Greene's impeachment article. So definitely join that Facts Plus campaign. Put pressure on Democrats and Republicans alike. Because listen, they're all seeing it. And not every Democrat is is pulling the Pelosi line, saying that Biden was brave and stunning and decisive. Lots of Democrats see what we see. So now's the time to strike. And yes, then we go after Kamala Harris. Then we go after any other Democrat who wants to ascend to that office and put the American people last. It's the only way Joe Biden must be removed from office. So Joe, stay tuned for that fax blast. If you're not already on our email list, make sure you sign up. Link is in the description. Sign up for our email newsletter. That's how you'll get these fax blasts every day. You can also text the word freedom to 89517. You'll get added to our text alert system, give you an update before we go live or right as we go live of all the links on where you can watch us. Very important because Facebook and all these other sites don't give you the notifications like they used to. They don't want you to find us. So the text alert systems make sure that you do. Check out all the links in our description. And if you haven't already, please do sign up and subscribe for the audio podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean. Even if you watch us live on Facebook, DLive, conservative-daily.com, Twitch, um, or CloudHub. And I, I think Frank speech, if we're not there today, we should be there early next week. Even if you watch us live, please do also subscribe to the audio edition because that's how we prove our numbers to our advertisers. Very, very important. So yeah, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. Have a great weekend. I, As great as it can be, given what's going on. But I need a beer. And uh, and when, when you settle down for a beer after today, raise a glass and, 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 cheer, and we'll cheers. Because I need a beer after this week, that's for sure. Again, that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country isn't over yet. It's not. But the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.